Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Well, they absolutely unequivocally had to win these two games before the four-game trip out west. And they did. Kind of? Yeah, well, okay. Morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this. Penguins 7, Flyers 6 in what felt like in so many ways one of those ridiculous Aaron Asham fight fests from the mid-2010s. You know what I'm talking about, or early 2010s when they were really, really nasty. Now, this didn't get that way, of course. That's rare anywhere in the NHL, but it's just a unicorn under Mike Sullivan. You don't see those types of games. But the scattered, chaotic nature of some of those rivalry games certainly came through in seeing 13 goals get scored. A lot of that had to do with really bad goaltending at both ends. Cal Peterson was expected to be bad for the Flyers. This was only his fourth NHL game all season. And he really came through in that regard. What wasn't expected was Tristan Jari being as bad as he was. And I'm not even just talking about the six goals on 26 shots. I thought he looked out of sorts, out of his mind at times, from the very beginning. And I don't know why. I can't know why. Goaltending coaches usually don't know why. But he just didn't have it. He was a goal against waiting to happen for all 60 minutes of that event. But hey, not that anybody else was any good defensively either. So what does it matter? You know what? In going through that locker room last night, they would swear up, down, and sideways that it didn't matter. And that included a captain who had four points. Yeah, I mean, it's we need two points. It's a big two points. And, uh, you know, we know the... You know, situation with the standings and games at hand and all that stuff. So, um, you know, from here on in, we just need to grab points. And I think, uh, you know, getting, uh, you know, the win last game and trying to build off that going to the road trip was really important. So um, if we just take care of things, get ourselves back in the picture a little bit, um, that's all we have to do. So we just got to continue to get points. And I think we all believe that we can get ourselves back in. Sidney Crosby with a goal and three assists. Sid wants this, you guys. I don't know if that comes across to everybody, but it really should. Sid wants this team in the playoffs. If it has something to do with the NHL trade deadline, if it has something to do with keeping Jake Gensel around, I can't say that. I don't know that, and I don't get that sense from him. Sid's mission from the very beginning 
going back to the opening of training camp, has been to get this team, to get this franchise back into the playoffs. Doesn't mean he'd be satisfied if he achieved that, but that's the thing that he's put in front of himself. And he's the one who keeps insisting, as you heard, that there's a belief within the group. Well, I went around and talked to some of those in the group. Some of it was on the record. Some of it was casual conversation. And I can affirm for you emphatically that these guys still think a lot of themselves, meaning from the collective standpoint. Why? Maybe it's because along the way they've beaten some of the best teams in the NHL. Maybe, and this is really what I think it is, it's because they've had all these scoring chances, all these shots on goal, all this attack zone time, that on a day like this, on a day like yesterday, when they put seven in, they're not thinking about how bad the other goaltender was. They're just seeing it as a just reward. They're seeing it as, yes, finally, the puck started doing what I wanted it to do. Seriously, I can't make this point strongly enough on today's show. These guys believe that they're a threat if they can get into the playoffs. I know, I know, but we're not the ones who count in this equation. They do. They look around the room and see all the talent that's there, all the accomplishments, all the experience, and they still feel like this is a matter of the floodgates figuratively opening up, and there's just going to be this barrage of goals, and they're going to stick together and play their system, and I know, I know, but I'll say it again, they're the ones who count here. They're the ones who flew four and a half hours to the West Coast. They're the ones that are going to be charged with first shutting down a Vancouver attack that might be in some ways the most prolific in the league. Certainly, an argument could be made based on the quality of their top two lines. Then they go to Seattle, then they go to Calgary, and then they end with no rest on back-to-backs against the Oilers. Tough, tough challenge here. They've done this, though. They've done it in the recent past. Heck, they went out and had themselves a couple of good Western trips already this year. This might be a little bit different. Two of these opponents are pure offense. And if the Penguins perform anything at all, like what we witnessed yesterday, and the performance itself was gross, the outcome wasn't, the performance was, they're just going to get slaughtered. But there they go, seven points behind the Flyers, four games in hand on the Flyers. The Flyers don't look like they're going anywhere. You still have to pass up the Devils and the Capitals along the way, but it's not unthinkable. And believe it or not, it doesn't really hang that much on what happens at the trade deadline. Would it help the immediate cause if Jake Gensel was still here? Sure. Would it help the immediate cause? If Brian Russ didn't get hurt yesterday, sure, yeah, absolutely. He's only just starting to get on one of those Rust-like roles. Might the deadline even in some weird kind of way help the Penguins immediately? Don't laugh that off. We can't say on one hand that what this team really needs is youth and 
freshness and energy and then say as soon as youth and freshness and energy comes along that it's going to kill them in the short term. That doesn't make much sense. They, though, aren't thinking about this. They aren't focused on this. They want to beat the Canucks. That's it. When we come back, J1Q. comes from Daniel who says DK this question is related to Mike Sullivan saying after the game against the Flyers that he liked Evgeny Malkin's line who's carrying that line Gino or Drew O'Connor I liked what I saw from DOC and Valtteri Pustinen more than Gino in this game he looks unengaged at times and to me sloppy and just not driving play like the other first ballot center that we have. Daniel, it was a weird, weird game for Gino, And I mean that from the attempting to analyze his performance standpoint. I felt like he had his wheels. I felt like he was able to drive from the back. And I also feel like he was able to contribute to sustaining the attack. But I know what you're saying when you point to the other two. Because in DOC's case, he's so visible with his impact. He is, I mean, I've called him the human forecheck, and I've actually joked with him to that effect as well. Because when he's doing that, when he's dumping the puck in or just chipping the puck past the other team's uh, back end, he'll swallow them whole and then still come away with the puck or have a line mate come away with the puck, which is the same effect. And when he's going the way he is right now, when he's skating, and that's one of the things that his teammates have been complimenting him on more than anything else, hockey players love to talk about how another guy skates. It's just it's just part of their DNA. Skating is such an enormous part of ice hockey, and yet it doesn't get discussed nearly enough. He's just flying right now. And when you add on to that, the comments that Sullivan made a couple days ago about Pustin and skating, about how he looks and is a lot faster, and how he's getting to pucks in short spurts quickly enough not only to win them but also to be able to turn and face the inside of the rink and see what he needs to see before there's somebody on him he's been really really good in that regard here's what's missing Gino is a late arrival to the attacking zone he has been a late arrival not fashionably late not lazy late but because that's been his style ever since he came to the NHL and I'm sure before he got here He has always been the trailer, and he was again in this game yesterday. The catch was that really neither DOC nor Pustinen were able to hit him. They looked. They looked. There was traffic there, and the puck just didn't get through. You could, I guess you could give the Flyers some credit for defending that well, even if they gave up seven total goals, but... That was the only part I felt of this line's overall day that didn't go right. 
everything else did. They were so effective. They were so aggressive. They maintained the puck in the Philadelphia zone better than any other line, and they were rewarded for it in the form of DOC's late goal that gave the Penguins a lead they would never give up. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins, and we're going to do another one of these tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.